Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 66. That in the middle of little, 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 did we know that we riddle to middle, middle, didn't do diddly. We letting this shit ride today. We letting it ride. shit is hard damn that's the motherfucking bronx man oh my goodness welcome 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 to episode number 66 of the bronx bias podcast i am your host my name is denzel aka harry potter aka debron james and we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who's been active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website, bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com, B-R-O-N-X-B-I-A-S-P-O-D.M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y, bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me. I got hoodies on there. I got t-shirts. I got tote bags. I got COVID masks. I got stickers and much, much, much more to come. I truly, truly appreciate every single person who has went on the website and patronized the merchandise. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, it, It's just so, so encouraging, so helpful to the platform. 
Um, you guys go on the merch, go on the website and take a look at the merch. Hopefully, purchase something just to keep this going the way it is. Um, and the products are quality material, so you will not be disappointed when you receive them. But with all of that being said, we are going to have a great, 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 great show today. I am very, 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 very excited to hear to for you guys to hear today's show. I think you guys are really gonna love it. I'm very excited for you guys to hear it. And there's nothing else to say, but I'm in an amazing mood, I'm in a tremendous mood, and I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro is just, all I can say, man, it's the motherfucking Bronx, man. It's the Bronx. We in the building. Today's intro was from Bronx Legends. It is called twins by big pun and fat joe off of the album capital punishment and what can you say man the way pun and joe are rapping on there is like that was in what 98 how many guys are out here rapping just like that today you know what i'm saying like them in 98 are still rapping on an elite level that would be super super crazy in 2021 like that is how elite they are. That's how elite the Bronx is and when it comes to this rap shit. I firmly believe that New York possesses the greatest rappers in the history of this genre. And I would be hard pressed to find another state that produces better. Now, of course, we know Atlanta goes hard. We know Cali goes hard. We know Texas goes hard. We know Florida goes hard. You know what I'm saying? Philly goes hard. Jersey goes hard. But it's still New York. New York still. I will put the best New York MCs against any other state and we will win. We will win. Because you think you could knock me out of the park with somebody and I could just pull up this song, Twins. And what you going to do with Pun and Joe? What are you going to do? So, man, shout out to the motherfucking Bronx. Shout out to Big Pun. Rest in peace. Shout out to Fat Joe. Still doing his thing out here. And it's always, it's always going to be number one, New York and the Bronx when it comes to this hip-hop shit. Shout out to the legends, Big Pun and Fat Joe. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx Fact for today is... Orchard Beach is a public beach in the Bronx, New York. The beach is part of Pelham Bay Park and is situated on the western end of the Long Island Sound. Sometimes called the Bronx Riviera, Orchard Beach is the only public beach in the Bronx. The 115-acre, 1.1-mile-long beach consists of a 13-section sandy shorefront, a hexagonal block promenade, and a central pavilion with food stores and specialty shops. The recreational facilities include two playgrounds, two picnic areas, a large parking lot, and 26 courts for basketball, 
volleyball, and handball. In 2006, the Orchard Beach Promenade and Bathhouse were both designated as a city landmark by the New York City Landmarks Preservation Commission. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 66. son where'd you find this all right all right we're getting right to it today we have a very 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 special guests it's only special guests that appear on the bronx bias podcast but today it's a person who is very very special and has inspired me in in a way to create my own clothing we have mike who is an entrepreneur a designer and the creator of the Bronx brand, a clothing and lifestyle brand started in the Bronx, New York. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking some time out to come talk to me. How are you? I'm doing well. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. No problem. Um, so where are some of the places that the people can reach you um, if they want to get in contact with you, if they want to see your products, or if they just want to get a little more information on the Bronx brand? So you can find us at thebronxbrands.com. Um, that's our website. You can purchase t-shirts there. You can find out a little bit about our backstory and our about us page. Um, also, if you search for the Bronx brand in either the App Store or Google Play Store, we have an app. So if you want to connect with us through our app, you'll get um, some exclusive discount codes, so some exclusive items as well on our app. Um, also on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, um, all of it is at the Bronx brand, um, no underscores, no spaces. And um, yeah, you can sign up for our email newsletter um, on our website at thebronxbrand.com and you'll be able to get uh, more info and updates there. Awesome. Awesome. One last thing. Um, July, July 17th, we're actually going to be celebrating our six year anniversary party. It's going to be at Port Morris Distillery um, from five to 10. So come hang out with us. Uh, you'll get to see us in person and see kind of what we do. We have live screen printing and, uh, a tattoo artist as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, congratulations on six years as well. That's, that's no small feat, especially starting the brand and doing it all, you know, independently without big push doing it as a grassroots thing. So congratulations on that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, no problem, no problem. So the first question I like to ask every person um, who comes appears on the show is about COVID, um, because the effects of COVID are still being uh, felt now, and will probably have effects in the future. So I like to ask people who you know are in business and are doing their own thing, how has COVID in the last year of 2020 affected your business, and also how has that affected you personally? Mm. So uh, for the business, uh, we had uh, a storefront. It was a collaboration with a local artist, Crash. Um, it was called Warworks 2. Um, and that was, it was really beautiful. Um, but when COVID hit, uh, we had to close up shop. Um, Crash wanted to go into a different direction with the business. So we kind of parted ways. We're still good friends. Like that's, he's, he's a mentor to me and I see him as kind of like my OG um, when it comes to art and culture and, and uh, entrepreneurship. Um, so he went in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, we decided to kind of focus more online with our business and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we no longer have a brick and mortar space. Um, I think for us, uh, I think April and March were really scary. 
Um, and then we decided to, to start making masks and that really helped kind of keep us uh, going uh, in a very real way. Um, so yeah, business-wise, uh, the last year was difficult trying to kind of um, maneuver around the, the new changes that were going or were happening uh, in real time. Uh, as far as personally, um, I'm a homebody, so I, I didn't mind being at home, but I think I'm even more tentative when it comes to like going out and doing things uh, more so than I was before. So I think that's definitely affected me and my family personally. Yeah, I think I think that is is very difficult. Like it's like you, you're so used to living your life one way. Right. Yeah. Right. You're just so used to it. Like, OK, I want to go out to the store. I can just go out to the store. It was never like, you know, I had to like prepare myself, like get a whole <laughs> kit just to go to the store, you know. <laughs> But also at the same time, have you noticed the difference in the creative mentality over this time? I've noticed it myself. You know, I started my podcast in February of 2020. And then I just came in contact with people who I knew personally, people I used to go to school with, people I used to work with. And they were all just like, hey, well, I'm just going to start something. I'm going to start my own thing. Like, I'm going to start selling shirts. I'm going to start selling my art. I'm going to start, you know, producing beats. Yeah. So did you notice the change in the creative mentality uh, over the last year of 2020? Yeah, I think I think for me, it was. First, it was like a little bit of anxiousness just because I was looking at like, man, like people aren't going to buy clothes to go to their living room, you know. So right. for that, for in that sense, I was uh, pretty. Um, not defeated, but kind of like trying to figure out ways to motivate people to support that aren't just like, Hey, buy my shirts, buy my shirts, buy my shirts, but actually trying to do something that's going to be beneficial to people. Um, so that was one thing. And then, uh, yeah, I think in, in April, once we started making the mask, we didn't just have, had that kind of ramped us, ramped up our creative like juices. Okay. We're going to make the mask. Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to try to figure out a way to, to, promote these events or promote the fridges or promote all these different things where we can point people to resources during this time that, Hey, like if we, we know that everybody's trying to figure things out right now, let's try, let's, let's use our platform to point people in directions that would be most beneficial. So I think for us, we kind of looked inward and it was, let's try to use what we built to help push people to whether it's a community fridge or, Hey, go volunteer when if you have time to to do these things or just what's happening in in the news right now. Um, I think we kind of shifted our focus onto those things, and then as we started seeing you know people really support and things like that, then we started okay. Now we know yeah people are using their their resources to support us. So let's create some new um, t-shirt ideas that would kind of help them uh, during this time. Right, right. It's all about the adapting, right? It's all about figuring it out, you know, as you go along. And that's kind of what I've been doing. You know, sometimes I come up in here and I'll be like, what the hell am I doing? Like, some, <laughs> Especially, especially over the first few weeks of the show. Yeah. It was just like, what the hell am I doing? I don't even know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, well, I don't have nothing else to do. Right. Because you can't go nowhere. And I'm like, I don't really... I feel like I'm getting so much positive reinforcement from this. I am de-incentivized to ever try to return back to work. I want to make this work for me. Yeah. So it's just like, I have to figure it out because 
I've seen what's on the other side. I've did the traditional route. I've done the nine to five. I've done the retail. I've done that. But what about trying to just do something for myself? What about trying to create something that people can latch on to and have it be a part of their lives, you know, have it be like something that they can't wait to listen to or have different people come on and be like, hey, I know that guy. Maybe I should listen to him or, you know, something like that. And it was just like the more I just kept that in my mind, like you're going to have to keep changing. You're going to have to keep adapting. You're going to nothing is ever going to be solid like the thing that you think is going to be, okay, I can always do this may change or yeah. someone that you thought would be able to rely on. Okay. I have a guest schedule for today, but they might cancel. So you always have to be ready to adapt and change. And I think COVID forced people to be more willing to adapt and change. And that's one of the biggest things that I got personally from it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's funny, like the only way people ha have, can do real changes if they're forced to do it, right? So it's like, if COVID never happens, maybe I just get complacent and stay, you know, at my corporate gig, right? Or people out there just say, all right, well, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I'm not, I'm not drowning. So I don't want to force myself to do something different. And it's like, nah, but when I look back and when I'm, I'm already mentally writing my memoirs, <laughs> this is going to be a major chapter. Like, the time where everything you knew, everything you were used to became different. And then how did you respond to that? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. something that I see as valuable. Yeah, I agree. I think adversity really kind of tests kind of whether what you've believed or thought is real. And then also how are those things going to um, direct your life? Like, you know, I think it's, it, I think sometimes we, look at adversity as uh, as, a, as an obstacle that needs to be overtaken rather than uh, push in a certain direction, you know? Like when a river is going down, down a stream and, and there's a rock there, it's not because the, the rock is forcing it into a new direction. It's not necessarily you have to just float over that rock and ignore that adversity. So what is that kind of telling you? Right, right. I agree with that. I agree with that. So I want to, I want to know about your your journey, man. I want to know about your story. Um, what inspired you to start this movement of the Bronx Band? Now, before you answer, the first time I ever saw your products, I was watching Jesus and Marrow. Shout out to Jesus and Marrow, Bronx Legends. They were uh -huh. still on Vice Land. Uh, yeah. And I believe it was Marrow who was wearing a hat with the signature cross, with the signature X cross. Yeah. And I said, hmm, you know, they're obviously super outward from the Bronx. And it's something that I really am inspired by, just their openness to embrace where they're from. They're not trying to hide it. Car Cardi B as well, Fat Joe as well, Remy Ma, et cetera. And I was like, hmm, that's cool. Like, and it's always just stuck in the back of my head. Whenever I get to a point where, hmm, maybe I can make something, I was like, I want to make something that has the Bronx on it. Like, that would be so cool to do. And then, you know, you just put that in the back of your mind. You're not even thinking about it consciously. And then fast forward, now I'm selling things with my own little thing on it. And I was like, man, I remember the first time I thought about that that something could be possible. So this is like full circle for me. So back to the question. <laughs> what inspired you to start your movement with the Bronx brand? Well, so that's, so that's exactly, that is exactly why. So I'll go through kind of, I got a little bit of a spiel, so I'll go through from the beginning. So 
this isn't the first business that I started. I started a business. I'm 31 now. Um, I started a business when I was 19. And the whole wow. concept of that business was um, that our human nature is the animal within us. It doesn't show compassion. It's kind of looking for fame for the sake of fame. Um, it's not, it's greedy. It's not using what we've been given in order to help other people. So don't feed the animal. That was the, 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 the name of the business. Don't feed the animals. And it's supposed to be don't feed the animals within us. Um, it's very confusing. Um, I thought I had really good designs. I think some people were like, what do you mean don't feed the animals? Um, it takes too long to, to explain. So that business ended up failing miserably. And then when I was 25, um, my, well, I'll go back. My wife and I, we got married at 23, right? So I'm still trying to figure out this, the business, trying to get it up and going, pouring all my time and energy into it. Um, we had started looking at uh moving to connecticut we're gonna look at getting, buying a house in bridgeport connecticut we were saving up some money and um i feel like that's that's a trajectory a lot of people in the bronx take like once you start whether working or something like the goal is hey i'm gonna eventually move out because there doesn't seem to be a lot here for me right um and i was working at t-mobile i was 25 and it was t-mobile on 34th street i'm looking around seeing all these tourists coming to new york city and you don't think of, um, I feel like you, you take for granted the place that you're from um, because you live there, you know? And then when you're seeing other people kind of appreciate where like the, the city as a whole, um, I start to think like, what is it that drives people to, to come to New York? And to me, it's the culture. And to me, the last place that really has that authentic New York culture is the Bronx. And I think that, um, when, when I started digging in and really looking at one, New York city is the largest city in the U S right. And we know that the U S pop culture is very big and that's one of our biggest exports is pop culture. Um, but then if you were to break down all five of the boroughs, the Bronx would be in the top 10 of U S cities. Yes. People, you know, and that's not insignificant. You know, I think, I think people kind of don't, um, kind of see how important that is that there's 1.5 million people that are currently living here and so many other people that were here and have moved on, you know? So then you think of um, hip hop. Hip hop is global pop culture, like hands down. Like people are using slang on television because of hip hop, you know? Whether it's graffiti or uh, breakdancing, music, everything is affected by hip hop right now. And it's right in the Bronx. And yes. that's not a coincidence. Then you start to look at the people who came from here and have also influenced culture. You think of people like Ralph Lauren, Calvin Klein, Swiss Beats, Big Pun, Al Pacino, Stanley Kubrick, um, yes, Stanley in the Bronx. Like, it's so many people. Uh, Sonia Sotomayor is Supreme Court justice and is now presiding over laws that will affect the country, you know, until she, you know, she leaves. So I think that seeing all these people who have lived in the Bronx, different time periods, different neighborhoods, affecting culture on significant levels. I was like, man, it's not a coincidence. There's something here, this creative energy. How do we build something to support artists, to support creatives, to inspire other people to take pride in the borough, to take pride in where they're from and to celebrate the Bronx. So um, that was kind of the, 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 the lightning bulb in my head was like, yeah, if we created something that could kind of help artists push them to the next level, like I don't think that we're gonna be 
complex or high seven in that sense, but we can kind of be a Bronx version of it that pushes people to those platforms. If we can help you get to those levels. So now you're just, um, uh, exercising your talents on those levels. That's what we want to do. We want to be like that stepping stone, that kind of infrastructure to help the people of the Bronx, um, thrive. So, yeah, I think that in creative fields, it's very hard. Like when you start, when you tell somebody like you want to do a podcast, when you tell somebody you want to be an artist, when you tell somebody you want to start a t-shirt company, when you tell somebody you want to do anything creatively and you start looking for resources, it's like, where do you go? Right. So we want to kind of be that place where, yeah, you can come here, let's figure it out. Let's see what we can do um, to kind of push you in your own endeavors. Cause we don't want to, uh, we don't ever want to hold people back from their potential. We want to push people towards it. So that was, that was the start of the Bronx brand. So uh, in July, 2015, um, we got a website, joined all the social media platforms and just started pushing. Wow. What a, you know, I, I do, what I do on my show every week is something called Bronx Facts, where I give one fact about the Bronx, New York, just the general public may not know. And mm -hmm. so over the course of my episodes, you know, I do facts from about nature, I've done the uh, top 10 of cities. If the, if the Bronx by itself were a city would be within the top 10 of the U.S. I've done hip hop. I've done Sonia Sotomayor. I've done all these things, right? And I've said it like just as a maybe a, a, a brief education, right, on the borough. Because most of the times when people think of the Bronx, New York, they just think of the Yankees or mm -hmm. poverty or, mm -hmm. you know, the period in the early in the 70s where people were just burning their houses down. And unfortunately, when that message is just regurgitated over and over again, the general public, the random guy who lives in Illinois doesn't know anything other yeah. than maybe negativity. Yeah. And it was very, very important to me. That's why the show was named the Bronx Buys Podcast. It was like, I want to break these things that you guys just know mm -hmm. as just the truth, because it's so much more to learn. There's so much more um, things that go into the borough itself, but the makeup, the, uh, the population, people who have impacted the world yeah. you know who come from here no one thinks that when you're watching the avengers on television or on on the movie theater that the guy who came up with these things lived in the bronx like no one just thinks of that yeah. and so it was very important for me to like have something where you listen to something different from the bronx in each episode and i think that you know more the more that we just put ourselves out there in a more positive light then the more people are not only inspired to uh, uh, highlight their own areas, right? To say, okay, I'm from a place that people don't know, maybe down South or in the West Coast or in the Midwest, but also like, wow, you know, I've been looking at this place all wrong. Yeah. You know, I've been looking at, I only have one opinion on this place. I, I've talked to people who live in Queens and Brooklyn who think like, oh God, I would never go to the Bronx. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. how like how? Like this is where this is part of where you live. And yeah. I just thought I just see the value in that. I think is so so important. And I'm so proud of so many people from the Bronx who are doing things and highlighting the area because it's like something that's really important. You know, if you don't ever start the Bronx brand, maybe you know, I never see you on TV, you know, I never see your product on television, right? So it's like it's so important. And I think that wherever you're from, you know, you could say that there's a Bronx everywhere, a place that is maligned and slighted and looked at negatively in mainstream media. Yeah. But there are talent is everywhere. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Talent is everywhere. Beautiful people are everywhere. Yeah. 
And I think that with your movement and now hopefully with mine, that we can just keep pushing that forward. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where you come from. It matters what's inside. It matters what you want to bring out to the world and how much strength and resolve that you ultimately have. And that's why I just think that, you know, these conversations are amazing. And I think that the movements are amazing from the borough. Yeah. Yeah. So my next question for you is, what do you want to convey and what would you like your overall message to be with the Bronx brand? So I want it to be, so our tagline is we're a showcase of Bronx creativity. And um, within that, I think when it comes to the Bronx, I want people to see the Bronx as a resilient place with people who come from all walks of life and are, I feel like are innately creative. I, 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 I really can't think of another place that has influenced the world on this level, but hasn't gotten the credit that it really deserves in that sense. Um, I don't want people to think like the Bronx is now arriving. The Bronx has always been here. We've always done this kind of work. Um, so I want people to, to see like, yeah, we're not trying to put the Bronx on the map. The Bronx is already on the map. Um, this is showcasing what's already here, the beauty of our borough and the creative people who have continued to influence culture. That's, that's the overall message. Great. And it's a great message. It's a great message. I've learned, too, in my short time, like sometimes people just need to see it. Like sometimes people just need to see it occur for them to think it's possible. You know, I'm just a random guy from the Bronx. I started my own podcast. But the amount of people who have gotten in contact with me, um, not even just to do to be a part of the show, just people who listen from, you know, all around the U.S., it's just like, wow, you know, I didn't even think something like this was possible. You know, I didn't even think a podcast independently run could be possible because generally speaking, you know, the big, big, big podcasts always have some kind of backing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow, you know, I didn't even think that, you know, an independent podcast would be possible. You know, yeah, I didn't, like, I didn't yeah, do that. You, know? and you need to do this. You do that. It's like, no, you just did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I, I just think like the message is the most important thing. Of course, people may like me personally, me, Denzel, but it's like the message, cause I'm not gonna be around forever, but hopefully the message gets to enough people where they're like, yo, we're from random place in America. People have this opinion of us generally, but there was a guy who used to live in the Bronx, New York, a place that at the time was not respected in the way it should be, who did something. You know, who started a clothing line, who made amazing comic book characters, who came from, you know, one of the hardest places to grow up and became a Supreme Court justice yeah. where the biggest genre in the world was started. It's possible. And that representation is something that I think is what is the most important thing for the future. The representation for people to see people who look like them doing things that they maybe want to do, yeah. because not everybody can dribble the basketball. Yeah. Everybody can rap. Not everybody can sing. Yeah. So it's like, well, what do you think? Oh man, the only way I'm gonna make it out of my situation is if I'm possess one of those talents. And it's like, that's not true at all. You know, I've been a guy who's been talking for my whole life, <laughs> my entire life. My grandma say, my grandma always used to say, 
Denzel, when you came, when you first started talking, you didn't speak in words. You spoke in full sentences. <laughs> well, this is kind of like just. <laughs> there's there's this where is, I left you. Yeah. This is exactly where I should be. Yeah. And that's like what I want to push with the brand is, with my with my podcast is, you know, everyone has a voice and everyone's voice is important. And it don't matter where you're from. It all the only thing that matters is what's inside, and that's it. And you can accomplish anything, you can do anything that you want if you have the drive determination to do it. And don't let outside influences tell you or make you believe that your dream is impossible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that happens too many times where you're like, Oh, you can't do that. Even people you're close to, right? There's but I know that there were so many people who knew me personally, and I was like, Yo, I'm gonna start this podcast. And they're like, ah, all right, you know, whatever. It ain't going to work. And now it's like, nah, you know, even if they don't believe, I have to believe. Yeah. I have to believe. And then let them come along later. It's Maybe it's not for you at the time, but you'll come around. Yeah. And that's just the resilience and what is innate in all the people who I, who I believe that is innate in everybody who comes from the Bronx, yeah. the resilient nature. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So piggybacking off of that, how important is it to you to highlight the Bronx with your brand and with everything that you do out here in the creative space? Yeah, I think it's everything. I think that, um, I think obviously, you know, calling it the Bronx brand, we have to highlight the Bronx. But I think that, um, I think with everything that we do, we try our best to not make it solely about us and more so about the community and the borough and trying to kind of not instill but uh highlight the fact that yeah this is for everybody here like we can all do this like sure we're kind of at the not the forefront but we're we're curating the brand but we want people to feel like it's their own as well so um yeah, whenever we collaborate with an, an artist or whenever we're trying to start a new project or initiative, we always try to do it with the community in mind, the borough in mind. How does this affect the rest of the people? Are we doing this just for profit or is this actually gonna make a lasting effect and change within our community? I think that's always the kind of um, the ethos, I guess, of everything that we do. We don't, we, we, we wanna always, promote and push the Bronx first. And yeah, I, I rarely, I usually, I, like this is probably like one of my third or <laughs> fourth interviews. Like I, I'm i much more interested in, in pushing the work and, and the brand and what it, what it means than, you know, myself, I don't care about me. <laughs> and that's, you know, I feel like every uh, creator or someone like, you know, from where we're from is like that. Cause what I, I've spoken to, Justin Mache, who does Bronx Soul, which is the community uh, running and walking. And he okay. says, I love it when people come and they don't know who the creator is. They yeah. couldn't they ask. They say, who started this? Who who who's the one who, who did this? Yeah. He said he loves that more than anything because he doesn't want it to be uh, singular where it's like Justin, Justin is Bronx Soul. He's like, no. He wants it to be like whoever wants to come out and run and walk and learn about history and get their physical fitness and be a part of this community. That is Bronx soul. Right. And I'm like, you know, I, I when I, he said that to me, 
you know, I listened I, when I'm listening back to the show and I'm like, wow, like that is what I want too. Yeah. Obviously, this is a podcast and I'm talking. So it's very personal. It's my voice. You know, yeah. it's my face. Yeah. But it's like. But the, that, but, the, but the guest and the way that you approach it is the way that you show. That right. This is just about your voice. It's about the Bronx bias. Right. And I'm like, you know, if people look at me and think of the Bronx, that's what I want. If someone looks at me on the street and says, hey, I know that guy. That's that's the, uh, you know, they'll do that. Who's that guy? I know that guy. Um, The Bronx something. That even is is better than knowing my name. Yeah. You know, because yeah. then we're just pushing the borough. We're pushing the creativity of the borough. And that's what's the most important thing to me. Yeah. Obviously, we all want financial security. We all want, you know, just that to be able to live the way that we want. But more importantly, you know, I just think about my legacy and it's like, what am I, what are people going to remember Denzel as, you know, when my time on the earth is done. And if the Bronx bias podcast is that, that is my ultimate goal in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Are you conscious uh, of your legacy? Are, Are, do you, is that something that you think about what people, how people will remember you when your time is, is over on the planet? That's a very good question. I am. And I've been thinking about it a lot, especially after um, uh, the birth of my daughter. Like, I think that I I want, because especially with the way the internet is now, right? In 40 years, my grandchildren are probably going to be watching these interviews and watching everything that I do. And they're probably going to come up to me and be like, hey, like, you did this and that, you know? And... Yeah, I do think of legacy. I think that um, I think that to make a lasting impact on the world, or at least bring it down to commu- my community, is a very noble goal. And I think that's what I want to focus on. And as you said, like financial security isn't the main goal or focus. It being a byproduct of doing something great and significant is the plus but being able to do something great and significant that um pushes the community in a positive direction that's the actual goal right yeah i do think right i'm i'm always like mentally you know always thinking about those things um and maybe that's to my detriment but i'm always just thinking like you know what's gonna be like in 10 years what's it gonna be like in 12 years 20 years and I'm the most proud of like just doing something, right? I'm just proud of being able to just have the the strength to do something. Uh, you know, like I never felt pride working. I never felt happy working. And this is hard work, you know, producing <laughs> stuff. This is hard work. But it's like I got work so hard and I feel like it's so valuable. Like yeah. it doesn't feel like hard work. So when I'm here and I'm going crazy with the edits and it takes six hours or I accidentally delete the whole thing and I got to start over, it's annoying sometimes, but it's like, man, when if I'm still at that random office clicking on the computer, you know, answering emails, mm-hmm. dealing with the corporate structure, yeah. I, you know, my brain would be melting, like yeah. melting. And the hardest question, in my opinion, to answer is what if, you know, because you can never have a definite answer to what if, 
What if I tried? What if I went for it? What if I did this or that? What if I did not stay here? You know, I I feel like that's the hardest question in the world to answer. And I don't want to burden myself with that as a 60 year old, 70 year old man sitting in my lazy boy chair. Like, what if in 2020 I just went and did it? I don't want to burden myself with that. And I don't want people out there to burden themselves with that either. Because even if you try and you fail, you get the experience in something. You may meet somebody. Like there's so much value in just trying. Yeah. You know, I've found that people like to help people who help themselves sure. more than anything. People say, Denzel, you have a podcast. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. Oh, how many episodes you got? Oh, right now I have 65 episodes. What? By yourself? Yeah. Right. And it's just like, yeah. And you're like, well, how can I be a part of this? You know, yeah. how can I be? A, how uh, I do this. Right. I I make designs. Can I be a part of this somehow? And just like they just see it like, wow, you doing that by yourself. You're doing that on your own, something that you're passionate about. I want to be a part of it too. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I have I seen a quote that said entrepreneurs are uh, the crazy people who decide that working 40 hours for somebody else is worse than working 100 hours for themselves. Exactly. And, <laughs> and yeah, I think that, yeah, once you start putting in the work and like building something and people start to see the traction and see it going, then people are like, yeah, like I want to move this along and help you. So yeah, I agree. 100%, 100%. So what were some of the shortcomings um, that you had to overcome when you first started with the Bronx brand? I know you said you already had previous experience in business, but like when you have to start a new business, a new path, what were some of the more difficult things that you had to overcome in that new process? Yeah. So I think always it's uh, awareness it's, it's, there's three things that every business always needs. It's awareness, it's trust, and it's resources. And um, in the beginning, when I started the Bronx brand, I completely did it different than how I did it for uh, Don't Feed the Animals. With Don't Feed the Animals, I had um, gotten 100 t-shirts uh, printed. Um, I still have a couple of them in my basement. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, I thought that I was just going to be able to sell and, and do all these things. So I kind of flipped it. I, I um, started working with a third-party fulfillment center so that I didn't have to go up front with the inventory. Um, I, I had learned how to screen print um, when I was 19, so I knew that eventually I would do screen printing, but I wanted to make sure that this was there was something here in the first place. Um, we didn't make our first sale until... Uh, December, so almost six months after we started the brand. So um, we're there like pushing and promoting on social media and nothing, paying for uh, Shopify uh, every month, paying for, we didn't do, we weren't doing ads at that point, but um, I think overcoming just the initial fact that nobody knew who we were, we didn't really have any resources and uh, nobody trusted us. Getting over those three hurdles and building on top of that uh, were the biggest challenges. How do you reflect on that time now? How do you look back at that time when you were first trying to, you know, make your name in the game? Like, how how do you look at that time? Do you look at it as like something that you're really proud of the struggles? Do you look at it like maybe you could have done a few more things differently? Like, how mm-hmm. do you assess the previous times um, in your career? 
Yeah, I think there's always things that you look back and you, you think, yeah, I could have done this differently. I think that, um, of course, hindsight is always twenty twenty, And now that we um, are more aware of what we needed to do from the start, I think that, I think initially, the probably the better thing would have been to save a little bit more before starting. That way, when we did decide to do, um, to hold inventory and not go through a third party fulfillment, then uh, that would have been a, a easier transition for us. Um, I think some legal things with like NC structures and stuff like that, that would have been, you know, a little bit better in the beginning. But of course, you, you, it's hard to invest in like trying to make sure certain things are set up when you don't even know if this thing is going to take off the ground, you know. But um, yeah, I, I look at those uh, first months that year first couple of months that year uh as a new learning curve that i just had to figure out and still figuring out so yeah i look at it with pride like we we're going out and visiting uh going to events and talking with people and everything until we finally got an artist to even trust us with their work that was like a big thing um reaching out and and still pushing and then getting other artists to actually agree and think that this was worth uh, having us print their artwork for them. Like, I think that, yeah, I look at it with, with pride. Like we, we really went out and try and, and, and did it and we didn't know what to do <laughs> in a lot of sense. In a lot of cases. I look back at it like two ways. Like mm-hmm. I listened to my first episode again, like maybe two weeks ago mm-hmm. and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I thought it was terrible. But in the moment, I thought it was the best I did. Like, I was so proud of myself. Like, wow, I did it. And I look back at those times, just one year, but I look back at it like, wow, like, you know, you ain't know what you was doing. And it was still fun. And it was still like, you know, uh, uh, just invigorating, right? It's just because it's so new. And like, I know, like, in the future, when I look back at those times, like, I'm going to be romanticizing these times. Remember when I was just in this small little room and, <laughs> you know, I had my little, my little mic and everything, you know, when you, when you elevate higher, you're going to be romanticizing the past. Like, wow, remember when things were so simple? Yeah. Remember when you didn't have four lawyers on retainer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, remember when the IRS wasn't trying to get every last cent from you? Yeah. yeah. And, and I just like, that is the, that is kind of like the funnest part of it when you just doing it. Like there's no corporatizing of it. There's no um, industrializing of it. You're just doing it for the love. And yeah. I never want to lose the love. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I always look back. I wrote a little book when I first started um, and I put in the middle podcast, podcasting. Uh-huh. And I drew little arrows from it. You know, how are you going to do this? What is the name? who are you? You know, what do you want to represent? And I sometimes always just look at it, you know, some, you know, if I'm having a hard week, if I'm having block, like I can't think of anything. I just always look at it. It's just like, wow, this is like who I am. This is my essence in a way. So I'm never going to lose the, the passion and love for it, no matter how difficult it is. Sometimes it's very, very difficult. Yeah. But it's just like, I feel like this is me, you know, beyond, the physical, this is like my putting my soul out, you know, yeah. on the on the world wide web. Yeah. yeah. And I and it's just like, you know, I ain't gonna stop. 
you know, yeah. barring any major situation like health or anything, but mm-hmm. if I'm healthy. I'm here. I'm here. That's exactly it. Yeah. So what advice, um, what advice or what is something that you would say is the, a great piece of advice to give to a younger person or the next generation or whomever who approaches you and they say they want to start their own business. They want to start their own creation. They want to start their own movement. What is something that you always just try and give out to them as a great piece of advice? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say go for it. I think that the best thing you can do as early as you can try to figure out a way to get done whatever you're trying to get done um, with the least amount of resources possible. I think sometimes people talk themselves out of um, starting a project or trying something or because, oh, I need to get this first. It's like, no, start with what you have. See what you can do with that. Make sure it doesn't put you out of business, basically. You don't want to um, do something that you can't come back from, in essence. But um, start, try, put it out there, and be comfortable with failure. Be comfortable with people not supporting you. Be comfortable with things taking a long time. Um, I think sometimes, uh, like we're celebrating six years, right? And to me, we're still in a very baby phase, you know? Like, we're in a... <laughs> I had I had um I had watched uh interview with Gary Gary V was interviewing uh the guy who did the Go New York Go um uh the Knicks um oh yeah go New York go yeah. New York go yeah yeah so 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 that guy um ended up working with Coca Cola at some point I forget what what the backstory is but um he was talking with the CEO of Coca Cola at that time. And the CEO of Coca-Cola gave him this advice. He said, it takes about eight years to develop a brand in the U.S. And this is Coca-Cola, you know? This is Coca-Cola with all their resources, with all their knowledge, with everything that they've built. This is one of the biggest brands. And he said it takes eight years to develop a brand in the U.S. So for me, it's like we haven't even fully developed our messaging. Like, there's 1.5 million people in the Bronx. There's at least 1.4 million people who don't even know we exist, you know? So there's so much room for us to grow. So I think that for people who, and young people, especially who are trying to do something, yeah, go go for it. Try, do something. Make sure, you know, you're not doing something crazy, but go for it, try, and be comfortable with failure. Understand that you're going to have to fail and you have to figure it out. And people aren't going to support you and that's okay. And it's going to take a longer time than you think. And that's okay too, because as you're doing the work and as you're building and as you're consistent, I think that consistency and discipline are the real keys to, to getting something off the ground. And yeah, in the same way that you have 65 podcasts in the bag, like that is, that does not come from not um having discipline and consistency and just commitment to hey no matter what happens i'm going to be here and do it and if things go awry i'm going to figure it out so i think that um yeah being starting being okay with failure doing things that don't that aren't going to put you out of business and that discipline and consistency that no matter what happens whether the support comes or not like you you owe it to yourself to to do to try Straight up, straight up, straight up. Couldn't say any better myself. That's what I tell people. Reach out to me. 
obviously I'm going to take time if, if they really want to know about potting, I take time to like, all right, well, uh, you need, you know, obviously what you need hardware, you need a computer, you need an audio mixer, you need a microphone. Um, but like, I always ask, I say, you know, how serious are you about it? You know, are you, you just doing it something to waste time or is this something that you really want to do? Because that is going to dictate how far you get. Yeah. You know, if you're just doing this as something just for laughs, that's fine. You know, hey, whatever, that's fine. Um, but if you want this to really be serious, like you're going to have to dedicate a whole bunch of time to it. I'm not going to BS you. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, it's a walk in the park, <laughs> you know, because I know it's not. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you know, if you're serious, you know, you're going to be you're going to have to be in it. You know, you're going to have to be deep in the trenches. You're going to have to try so many different things. You're going to fail at a lot of things. I'm still failing at things. Yeah. And, you know, um, but I just was like, you know, hey, the, you can't teach dedication. You can't yeah, teach yeah. want to. Right. You can't teach it. So if you really feel strongly about it, of course, I'm going to be here. And I'm going to support you. Um, yeah. And that's the most important thing. I think most of the time, the most important thing in any business, of course, you need luck. You need connections and networking. But it's just hard work. How hard yeah. are you willing to work? You know, yeah. are you willing to sit somewhere and stare at a computer screen and listen to your voice over and over again for eight hours or you even <laughs> hate the sound of your own voice? Yeah, yeah. You know, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to go and put up flyers and hand out stickers and screen print your own work and have a website and pay for hosting and pay for podcast distributing and maybe not everybody listens to it? Yeah. Are you willing to do that? I think that was um I saw Viola Davis and she was like I was in an art um acting class and there was a guy, a guest speaker who came in and he said Raise your hand if you want to be an actor or actress. And everyone rose their hand. And then he said, okay, keep your hand raised if you're willing to audition for role after role after role and never get a call back. And she said, hands started going down. Keep your hand raised if you're willing to deal with racism in Hollywood, prejudice, typecasting, um, you know, and not being able to th thrive in your role. Hands started going down. Keep your hand raised if you, uh, you know, are willing to, do the best work possible in all kinds of films and never get recognition for it. More hands kept going down. And she said at the end of his speech, she realized she was the only one with her hand raised still. Wow. And she said that from that moment, she knew what it was going to take. And wow. I, I listened to that and I just said, wow, you know, like, especially in Hollywood, you know, everyone yeah. moves out to L.A. to become a, a, a famous actor and actress. How many yeah, people yeah. stick to it and don't give up on it on a very unforgiving industry? Right. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. wow. Like, but she knew at that her young age that she was going to be willing to deal with all of that because that was what her dream was. And when I speak to young people who want to get into the world, I'm just like, yo. All you got to do is work hard. And of course, there's more to that. And I'm oversimplifying that. But all you got to do is work hard. Yeah. And that and you could speak, you could speak to people who you never thought possible. I saw this guy's clothes on television and now I'm talking to him. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And, you know, that's just 
That's what I that's what I tell people. Just work hard, man. Work hard. Stay true to yourself. Don't feel like you need to change who you are to fit what other people want you to be. You know, there's only one Mike. There's only one Denzel. Why would you try to change the thing that makes you the most authentic version of yourself? Shoo. Yeah. Shoo. Yeah. Always going to be you. Yeah. Be you always. And it takes 10 years to be overnight success. So. (laughs) Right. 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 So what keeps you motivated in this space? What keeps you driven? What keeps you hungry? What keeps you willing to adapt and change? And what keeps you um, just excited every day to come keep coming into work? Yeah, I feel like our commitment to the creatives that we've already worked with and the potential ones that we will work with in the future. I think that the mission of showcasing Bronx creativity is will never be over. Um, I feel that, um, yeah, I think that no matter what happens, because I've sat on this journey and I really have nothing else to fall back on. Like I'm a college dropout. Uh, <laughs> every retail job that I've had, like it was always a struggle. Like n- nothing, nothing else has got me out of bed in the morning. You know, this is what does. So being committed to this mission and this endeavor and knowing that, yeah, like I, we've committed to have a revenue share with every single artist that we work with. Like we have to build this so that we can help those creatives. And I think that that will, that will always get me out of bed in the morning and keep me going. Cause I want, I want them to succeed. <laughs> yeah. That's important. That's, that's important. It's so important. Just the self-motivation beyond, you know, what everybody else what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? That's so important. It is. So do you have any role models in this space? Are there anybody uh, that you see and got inspiration from, maybe from your younger years to your early adult years to now? Are there any role models for you? Um, I would say I would say Crash um, is definitely a big role model for me. Um, uh, if you go on YouTube and you go to Style Wars, um, he's in it and they introduce, um, he had a, he had a, a art show called graffiti art, uh, graffiti art success for America. And it was kind of the first, um, the first art show for graffiti before that graffiti wasn't seen as an art form. And so, and he had put on in that art show, you had Leaky Yonis, you had uh, Futuro 2000, you had Lady Pink, you had um, uh, Days. So many graffiti artists who have obviously sh- shifted and shaped culture and art. Um, for him to do that at that point, still early in his own career, you know, putting on other artists for the show, I think that's that was big. That was like, yeah, I don't want to create something that only uh benefits me i want to put something that also helps everybody else and pushes them forward um another creative that i think i'll always look up to to ralph lauren and like just the commitment to quality that that they have clothing um i think that i look to a lot of 
the creatives who are doing stuff now within the borough, just like, yeah, this is, this is dope. Like I'm very happy that there are so many movements that are happening right now. And I think that, um, yeah, I think, I think looking back on to what was going on in the seventies and eighties and how those, um, how those creatives, um, just kept at it. Uh, I think that, that always will, that always will inspire me. Yeah. Yeah. You never, it's funny. Like you never, when you, when you're a younger person, you never think like the people that you watch and grow up can influence you. Yeah. Right. So one of my biggest influences is Dave Chappelle. I watched him from when I was too young to be watching him, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the house, sometimes you watch it with the volume low. You know, so yeah, yeah. Parents don't hear it. And it's just like, you don't realize how much he inspires you until maybe you get a little older and you reflect on it. Like when he left the Chappelle show, my first initial thing was hurt because I just love watching the show. He made me laugh. You know, it kind of felt like I was doing something growing up, watching this grown up show. And then he leaves the show and you're just like, man, you know, I'm you disappointed. But then as you get older and you learn more about why he left the show, about what they were trying to make him do on the show and thinking that money would just make him agreeable to all these things. That's something that I took super personally. Like he was able to say, you know, my integrity is more important than your dollar. That's something that like is always in the front of my mind yeah how do you say no when you feel like something is going to be disrespecting you in a way how do you say no to a life-changing amount of money but you may have to sacrifice your essence in that you know so i always think about that stuff you know i always think about when i was a kid and i used to listen to radio you know wendy williams people don't like her she's messy she's (laughs) messy she tell people business But she was always going to be herself. Mm -hmm. She's never going to be at a point where she's trying to be somebody different than who she is. That's important. How do you stay true to yourself? And you don't even realize all these people you grow up with and how they form you and how they shape you. And now, you know, even watching Jesus and Mero, you're just like, I want to watch these two guys because these are like two guys who I went to high school with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Guys who sit in the back of the class and roast everybody everybody and they stay who they are they never change who they are they always show love to where they're from and they're achieving success with their authenticity people like their authenticity and it's like i'm picking that up i'm eating it up and it's it's like all these things are shaping who i am and who i will potentially be in the future and hopefully when people listen to the show they could pick a few things up from me Right. And they could pick a few things up from yourself and how you do business and how you support people. Yeah. And we keep it going that way. And that's the that's that's just the most important thing to me. Yeah. That's just the most important thing. Yeah. And piggybacking off of that, how, in your opinion, can we leave a path for the future generation of creators? Um I think it's being open. I think sometimes what happens when people start achieving success, I think it it becomes a little bit more about image than anything else. And uh, 
it's more inward, like, oh, is this going to benefit me? Is this worth doing kind of thing? And, uh, I think I think trying to be open to possibly like, hey, like if somebody's reaching out, like ask, just ask them questions. See, like probe um, them to see what their uh, commitment level is, you know? I think that being open with um, their story, being open with your resources, being open with um, your short, struggles and shortcomings. I think sometimes uh, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want people to think that, I don't want to sell people a dream, you know? I don't want, I want people to think like, yeah, it's easy. Like, no, this is hard. It's worth, I feel like it's worth doing, but it is hard. So I think being open with all those things, um, pointing people in directions like, hey, I can't help you with this, but hey, look into this. Um, and, and being honest with people. I think that's, I think that's the key. Like being open and honest with people, um, not selling the dream and trying to, um, trying to, trying to help them see like, yeah, what is it that really drives you? Cause I think some, sometimes with some things, not always people see what you're doing and they're like, I want to do that too. And it's like, yeah, but is this actually for you? You know, like you, the thing that you may be striving towards isn't what you're supposed to be doing. You may be doing something else, but you're focused on what I'm doing rather than what you should be doing, you know? So I think being open and honest in those, in those cases would be beneficial to the next generation. When you were coming up um, in the, in the space, the creative space, did you find it easy or difficult to, for people to give you those honest conversations? Was it like, you were see people that who didn't want to feel like they were stepping on you by being as honest with you, mm. like stepping on your dreams or were people who you were seeking advice from very direct and open on and honest with you? Um, I got very, very direct advice from a designer when I had my previous business and very successful. His name's Luca, Luca Orlandi. And um, he's like fashion, fashion, like I'm streetwear. There's, there is a big difference. Like we're not, we're not, I, I don't draw from, you know, uh, silhouettes and then get manufacturers to do that. Like that's, that's a whole nother animal, you know, mm -hmm. and I respect that art form. That's a, that's a legit art form. Um, and I was able to get a meeting with him and he was like, and I was telling him about the brand and eventually we want a franchise and all this stuff. I was all over the place. And he was just like, well, why don't you just sell tires then? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, you're already talking about selling and all these things, but you don't, it doesn't seem like this is something that you're actually passionate about. If you're a salesperson, why don't you then just sell tires? Why don't you do something else? And that hit me. And I was like, oh man, like you're absolutely right. Like, why am I putting so much effort into this if I'm already thinking of, uh, exit strategy in essence you know i'm already thinking about the money rather than the work that needs to be done to build this thing so yeah he gave me really direct advice and very open and honest and he was like yeah if you want to grow this business this is what you need to do this is how you need to set your prices this is how you need to do this but at, in the end like if this isn't something that you're passionate about and you you feel like this is something that draws you to it like go sell tires <laughs> and that was that was the best advice I, I, I ever got when it comes to business. So now when when people approach you, um, you handle it in the same way, just with the level of honesty that they may need. Are you worried that maybe if you're too honest, you may 
scare somebody away? I I I try to be blunt, but I try to be honest. You know, I don't I don't want people to I don't want people to ever feel like a conversation for me was dismissive. But I also want to kind of gauge and probe and then give advice like, hey, like this is why this may not work, and 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 here's why. Whenever people like, for instance, um, we're, we oh, we do like kind of open calls every now and then. Like, hey, like we're we're accepting people to to submit. We're always accepting people to submit designs. Let's review. Let's see if this works on the platform. And initially, when we had first started the Bronx fan, we were going to showcase every single, no matter what kind of art it was, we were going to try to put it on t-shirts like that. Um, and then as we've seen, the stuff that works are things that resonate with people within the borough, people within New York City culture, things like that. So now, whenever people are reaching out, I'm like, hey, like these are the type of designs that work on our platform. So if you have something within that vein, then we're, we're, we're all for it but I know what does and doesn't work and why it may not do as well as you may think. Um, I'm willing to, to try and to show, but um, yeah, I, I'm very confident in what is going to work and what's not gonna work. So here's some feedback. Here's how the, we can improve this design. Here's how we can do this. Here's what we can do. And if not, hey, we're open to printing it for you and you going and selling it on your own and seeing you know, if that works for you because we also don't want to keep you from you trying to build your own thing, you know? Um, so that's 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 kind of the advice that that we give. Like, I, I wanna make sure, hey, like, here's what I have known or I've seen to work. Here's why this may not work, but here's how we can kind of get it to work, if that's the case, you know? So yeah, I'm not telling people go sell tires, but <laughs> I am trying to, to help them see like, hey, like this may not be the, the best approach or the best angle, like maybe look at it in a different way. Okay. That's and that sound. That sound. Um yeah, that sound. I think like I, I feel like I'm like too nurturing. Like I wanna rock you and give you the bottle and you know, pat you on the back and make you burp. Yeah. Um, because when people reach out to me, I just sort of see myself in, in it. Yeah. Hey, you know, I wanna start my own show. I wanna start my own podcast. Immediately I just see me. Yeah. So it's like well, I'm not going to be unnurturing with myself. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try everything for myself to work. So maybe I have to apply that in the future because I can tell when people are dedicated and when they're not, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like something that you, you can only tell if you do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, you, could, you know, if a jump shot is good, if you have been in the NBA, you know, the form yeah. is solid because yeah. you were in the NBA. Yeah. So I know when people are dedicated when they're not. But I'm still like, I still see me in them and I wanna, I just wanna like make you see it and make you yeah. pull it out of you. And I, cause it's hard for me to be like, hey, you're not serious. I'm leaving you alone. That's hard for me. I, yeah, I, I know that. It's hard for me. Yeah. Like that, that I can't do. That I'll, I'll give people the info. I'll say, here's what it is. Here's, and then you go for it. I'm, I'm not chasing after people. I'm not going to be on top of you for, for those things, but I'll gladly share what can work and what doesn't work. And then you got to take it from there. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't ever want to tell somebody, Oh, you're like, you're not serious. Yeah. He didn't tell me I wasn't serious, but he was like, yeah, you, you're, you're approaching it the wrong way, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I, I always want to help anybody who comes out to me. It's just like, how do you know when 
your words are falling on deaf ears, you know, because mm. people are just see the glamour, you know, they yeah. see the glamour. Oh, wow. Denzel's selling T-shirts and hoodies and he's got his own show and he's talking to different people. Hell, I want to do that, too. But <laughs> when they get in it and he's like, oh, man, this is tough. Yeah. And I see that. It's like I want to hang on to you and say, yo, keep going. Keep doing it here. Try this. Try that. Try this. Try that. But then if I see the result or the response is like defeated and unmotivated, it's like I'm still having a hard time letting those people go. That's what I'm saying. Like, gotcha, I'm gotcha. still having a hard time, you know, saying, hey, keep going or listen to this. Here's, you know, watch this video or, you know, apply this. Mm-hmm. And I see that they're not responsive. Yeah. But it's like I can't. I don't want to. It's not that I can't. I can. But I don't want to just be like, all right, I'm leaving you alone now, you know, and taking a step back. I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm struggling with that. Yeah, that is I don't I don't I don't I don't have advice for that. I think for me, it's I'll I'll give you as much information as I can and I'll push you. But everything else has got to come from you. For me, that's how I look at it. It's like, yeah, I, I'm still figuring things out. I can only give you from what I figured out, right. you know. And anything other than that, like, I, I, I can't give you more than than that. And if you take it and run with it, then perfect. That's that's beautiful. But if not, then that's okay. Like, maybe this this wasn't for you, and that's okay. But I I hope that you find what is for you. Right. Right. Exactly. I think that is the be- the better approach, the better <laughs> approach. Or you know what I might do? I might just start telling people to sell tires. <laughs> I, I might, I might, I might start that. I'm like, hey, oh, listen, podcast might not be for you, but Firestone and Michelin, you can make, you can make a little change with that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. And Mike, I don't know if you know, but one thing I do every show is I answer questions from the listeners of the show because it's a more it's a it's a great way for me to keep the people who listen engaged and involved mm-hmm. and um, you know, a part of the show, like feel like they're contributing to the show as well, more than just me talking about the Knicks or the politics of you know whatever's going on stuff like that it's a great way for you know just me to have fun on the show answer fun things and the people who send in questions actually send in a lot of good stuff so i want to have you answer some of the questions that i've received from the listeners in the past just to get your opinion on them okay Um, so the first question i have for you is from the listeners what songs are in your current listening rotation so right now I'm listening to off season all the way through start to finish, start, start to finish, no skips, start to finish. If you would have asked me this question three months ago, it was Dua Lipa. <laughs> so. <laughs> she's great. She makes great music. I like to dance. I like to dance. Yeah, she's great. J. J. Cole off season. Yeah. I like, I like more that he started playing basketball. Like yeah, he went, it's so dope. I thought it was so cool. I thought it was just like this is a guy who played hoops before, right? You know, I've been listening to J. Cole since Friday Night Lights. 
And you know, on the cover, he was holding the basketball. Yeah. And I was just like, he's playing ball. Like, you know, people are like, oh, he's he, you know, pandering or he's, you know, taking advantage of the system. It's not unfair. I'm like, man, this guy is putting the work in and he wants to be. This is something that he always dreamed about doing. How you can tell somebody that the dream is not valid? Yeah, I thought it was more cool. Obviously, I love the music, but I thought it was more cool that he just wanted to go over and try to play basketball. Yeah. Exactly. I thought that was great. Like, you know, yeah, even on the warm up, he was holding the, the basketball. That's what I started listening to him. It's like, yeah, like this has always been part of his his life. Right. <laughs> and to see like to see your dream, you accomplish your dream, obviously, in music and people love you and stuff like that. But then you get to accomplish your dream like being professional you know, basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I was like, wow, that's like awesome. Like you can't limit yourself in what you can do and what you can't do. Exactly. J. Cole is living proof. Yeah. Living proof. Uh, so the next question I have for you from the listeners is, what weird food combinations do you really enjoy? So for me, I, whenever I order breakfast, I have to have syrup. So if it's syrup on eggs, syrup on bacon, syrup on whatever, it has to have syrup. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> I'm one of those people I do not want my food to touch. Oh, so wow. I have if I, I That's very that's that, I don't like my food touching either. So I'll have the eggs on one side of the plate. I'll have the bacon on one side of the plate. I'll have whatever else uh, hash browns in the in whatever, but I'll put syrup on everything. <laughs> So they don't touch, but the syrup goes everywhere. Oh, no, man. When syrup touches my eggs, I get so upset. I get so upset. I do not like the taste whatsoever. Wow. So that's how, like, when I was a kid, you know, when you would just do that all the time. My sister would do that all the time. But I never liked it. Never. (laughs) Never. Syrup, ah, only on pancakes, waffles, and French toast. <laughs> syrup on eggs or change your life. Eggs, salt, pepper, syrup. That's it. Are you a Mrs. Butterworth or Aunt Jemima guy? So log cabin. Oh, log cabin. Yeah, I know about log cabin. Log cabin. Okay. See, this <laughs> is a man who's very particular about his syrup. <laughs> I'll do Aunt Jemima, but log cabin. That's what. That's what uh, my grandma always gives me. Okay, okay. Um, Now, this one is going to get you in trouble. And I've answered this question before, and I've had a lot of people in my DMs about it. What are your top five albums? Okay, so it's in no particular order, and these are not the best albums. I'll clarify that. These are just the albums that, to me, have been influential, these are not the best albums from the artists that I'm gonna say, but the these are these are the albums. So I'll say Capital Punishment, Big Pun, BS. Black Album, Jay Z, which I know everybody's like, why would you say Reese without? No, Black Album for me. Um, the Carter Three. Ooh, that's good. Food and Liquor, Lupe oh, Fiasco. Lupe. And nothing was the same, Drake. Drake, that's that. Now that's great. I like that. I like that list a lot. 
Yeah. I like that list a lot. I'm in the same boat with you with Jay-Z. My favorite Jay-Z album is The Blueprint 2. Okay. And when I, yeah, and I said that, how could you, the reasonable doubt, Blueprint 1, how could you? You Are you a real New Yorker? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, like, whoa, whoa. And I said my, my number one album was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Kanye. Wow, okay. My second favorite is Illmatic Nas. My third favorite is Blueprint 2, Jay-Z. My fourth is Doggy Style Snoop. And mm. my fifth is Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. Mm. And so many people were like, you're from the Bronx. How you don't have pun? You know, <laughs> how, how you don't have BDP? This was an old, you know, Boogie Down Productions. You know, how you going to have? Where's Tupac? Where's yeah. Big? And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> like, it's your list. It's not. It's, it's just your list. <laughs> it's my list. You weren't in my house when I put on. Dark Twisted Fantasy for the first time. You don't yeah. know what that did to me. Yeah. How could, like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but. Honorable mention, sorry. Honorable, honorable mention, two honorable mentions real quick. To Random Access Memories, Daft mm-hmm. Punk, and then Late Registration. Oh, yeah, Late Rate. Come on now. Kanye. Those are honorable mentions. Kanye. Um, yeah, but when people, like. I don't know. I guess everyone, you know, what's funny about it? Why people act that way? Everyone has their own connection to the music. Yeah. Right. The music does something different for every person. Yeah. Right. So, you know, when you say like your favorite Jay Z album is the Black Album, I remember the Black Album. That was the first album I ever bought. Wow. I, like with my own money. I don't know if you remember the record store HMV. It was on 86th Street. Okay. And my mom, we, you know, I had a little allowance mm. and I wanted to take my first little money. I had a little CD player mm. and she took me, to, she used to take us to the record store and I wanted to buy the Black Album. And first she wasn't going to let me buy it because obviously parental advisory, explicit content. But then she let me buy it and it was just like the first piece of music I ever owned myself wow. beyond what was already in the house. Yeah. And like, I always loved the Black Album. Like I always loved it just because it was the first one I ever bought. Yeah. My second, what's funny is you go from Jay-Z to Black Album. My second album I ever bought was The Red Light District by Ludacris. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <It's> like, like, <laughs> you know why? Because Ludacris used to make music videos that always made me laugh. Uh, uh-huh. So like he was in the um, the Get Back video. He had the big arms. Yeah. You know, he was walking around or in the stand-up video he was the little baby or he had the big sneaker and he was stomping on the ground so i just wanted to buy it because i love the music videos Wow! and that is the connection that i had to the music so i like people were getting on me though for my list and i was like i understand it's kind of like calm down yeah but i understand like because you have a different connection to the songs exactly exactly and the last question I have from you for the from the listeners is, what is a current trend that you just do not understand? I do not, in any capacity, understand TikTok. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. I, I feel like that that made me forty five, but I I honestly don't. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. 
it's it's difficult for me too because it it's more obviously it's more than just doing the little dances and stuff yeah right because now you see it and you're like okay people are you know just having fun doing the dances and stuff yeah. but it's like all right if i know if i was to try one of these little dances yeah, that it's look. way harder yeah. Yeah. than what it looks like like these are 17 year old kids with great hips yeah, with, yeah. with no back pain yeah, okay yeah. with solid knees yeah. and strong <laughs> ankles okay and sturdy shoulders yeah so if i try to hit one of them too fast you know i might go viral for the wrong reason yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but it's the wave of the future man i yeah. one thing my mom always says is the minute you stop growing, you stop living. The minute you know you stop getting so set in your ways, you stop living because you're not willing to change and adapt. Yeah. But TikTok is something that I'm just like. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, I can't see myself just sitting in the chair with the background and the microphone and hitting a little dance and then saying, <laughs> come listen to the show. Like, Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just can't see myself doing it. Yeah. I I'm gonna have to get you know some some of my nieces and nephews maybe to do something like that. Help you out, yeah. Help me out because they be doing some stuff and then they do a little thing and then you know these kids though are really talented though. Yeah, that, that's true. You see that's some true. stuff on TikTok and you're like, this is a 16 year old kid who's doing this. Yeah. Like and they just do it like like they don't even think about it. Like they just get it, the app, yeah. they download it, and they immediately know how to use it. Yeah. It's amazing. True. Yeah. Like, cause I'll be looking at it. And like, when I first downloaded Twitter, I felt like uh, I uh, felt the gray hairs coming on my head. Like, how the hell do you use this? <laughs> like what's happening? So now <laughs> it's like, I'm going to record myself doing a short skit and then I have to edit it on the app. And then like, yeah, put it up and yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all my young people out there killing it on TikTok. Yeah, you you possess a lot of talent, and if no one tells you that, I'm gonna tell you because yeah, that joint ain't as easy as it looks. It surely yeah. isn't. Yeah, shout out to all my young people on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, before we get you out of here, what is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with as a piece of advice, a life jewel? or just something important that you would like to express um, as maybe one of your final thoughts? Um, I would say, I'll say never give up. No matter what it is that you're doing, no matter what you're going through, um, you know, things, things, things things are difficult. And it's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. Um, but don't give up. Whatever, you, whatever it is that you're, you're trying to accomplish, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is that you're, um, you're going through, just don't give up. That's very important. That's very, very important. And great advice. Very simple, but very great advice. And sir, I want to say thank you. Who would have thought little Denzel watching (laughs) Viceland, Jesus and Marrow, seeing a cross on a hat, and things will come around full circle the way they have. Um, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your experiences and your strength. And um, thank you for, you know, being engaging and honest with your story. I really appreciate it. 
from another guy from the Bronx. Um, I'm very happy that I had this opportunity. I'm very thankful. And uh, there's nothing else left for me to do but to roll out the red carpet for you. I would like for you to reiterate your name, your creation name, and all the places that the people can reach you. Um, yeah, so first, thank you for having me on. Um, I think what you're doing is incredibly dope. And whatever we can do to support you, you know you got us behind you in your corner. Thank so you. thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, you can find us at thebronxbrand.com um, for all things The Bronx Brand. Uh, if you Google us, on, or if you search for us on the Play Store or in the uh, App Store, The Bronx Brand, you'll see our app. Um, on all social media, whether it's, uh, we actually do have a TikTok, but I think we only have like two or three videos. Uh, whether it's TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, <laughs> LinkedIn, everything um, at the Bronx Brand, no spaces or underscores. And July 17th, we will be having our six year anniversary party at Port Morris Distillery in the Bronx. For all that info, you can sign up for our newsletter at thebronxbrand.com. We've been posting it on our Facebook page and our Instagram page. And uh, hopefully we can see you there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And it is tradition around here on the Bronx Bias Podcast that we allow our guest to play a song that we end our podcast with. So the honor is yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? So this song is called 7 a.m. in Miami. It's by Josh DWH. He's an artist from the Bronx. He lives in Gun Hill. Um, So... This is, this is his song. It's one of my favorite songs from him. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much once again for coming on the show. I appreciate your brand. I appreciate your story. I appreciate you putting on for the borough. And um, I'm so excited you know, that I was able to have you. And I'm so excited to see what you guys do in the future. Thank you. And whatever you need from us, let, let us know. For real. No problem. Thank you. Round of applause. Round of applause for my guy, Mike of the Bronx brand. Round of applause. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 66 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say special, special thank you to Mike of the Bronx brand for coming on the show, for being so open and honest with the story and his experiences. I'm so I've been so inspired by the Bronx brand for a long time, watching it. First time I seen this product, watching on Jesus and Mero. Now having the opportunity to speak with him and just hear the story of the brand. Very, very grateful. I feel very blessed to be in this position. And um, I'm just super, super grateful and thankful. Um, thank you to everyone out there who tunes in who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who's active with me on social media. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website, bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Um, I got hoodies on there. I got t-shirts. I got tote bags. I got COVID masks. I got stickers. The products are quality material. Um, And I truly, truly, truly appreciate everyone who has went out and purchased the merchandise from the bottom of my heart. I truly appreciate it. Um, It is 4th of July weekend. So everybody out there, be safe. Have a great, great holiday. People who work that 9 to 5 grind, enjoy that day off on Monday. You guys deserve it. 
Um, just, just, I'm just stressing you guys be safe. You know, a lot, everyone likes to have fun on the holiday weekend and everything like that. Just be safe out there. Those fireworks are super fun, but they are pretty dangerous. So please use extreme caution when you guys are lighting up your fireworks to have fun. Um, and what else can I say? But, uh, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, 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 great song, which is my guy, Mike of the Bronx Brands Choice. It is called 7 a.m. in Miami by Josh DWH, a Bronx artist, off of the album Elephant in the Room. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 66. Again, have a great week and a great weekend out there. We are out. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I've been waiting so long for recognition. Keep my head above water, causing friction. Maybe I could be the one that you could spare. Maybe I could be the one to make you care. Please pass me the light, cause my L not lit. How the fuck you hustle, but you ain't got shit. People say they hustle, but they ain't got shit. Jacking at you packing, but you don't take trips. I call your bluff, I cause a fuss. I'm high as hell, I might as well just stop. The way it's moving, I'm improving, started on the block Learn finesse from all the jiggers, raps Took some risks, I'm never going back Talking about me motivates the homies Never scared to move all on my lonely Gratitude with attitude, imagine Everyone around you started acting You show compassion, asking about what happened They look at you like you off-white, now you black And I'm hoping that I could pay bills with this rapping Cause I am not dealing with people no more You make one mistake and they step on they break And they shit on your drive just to even the score I've seen it before, yeah Yeah, that shit sound hot. Are you recording right now? If you're recording, this would be great for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Let me fill another cup and enjoy while I'm here Remember a couple times, reminiscing bring tears I'ma be great, just give me a couple years I still got scars and I still have fears What's the point in being famous When don't nobody know what your aim is But everybody know what your name is All my foes remain nameless I would never call you out to men You the reason that I doubt a friend Barely bringing anyone to my house again Get the fuck up on my face, I'ma count to ten Don't ever try asking what amount to spend When it comes to the fam, there's no amount for them I make it count for them yeah. Made friends with some strippers, introduced them to my homies, make it bounce for them Can't keep account for them, don't sell me no dream I saw what the money could do for the team I'm not interested in glitters and glamours Cause you might know hitters and my friends have hammers I'll meet you at hammers cause it can get scary I'm at a point where there's nothing to scare me I'm just preparing, plotting on shorty that's staring I'm just really hoping that shorty gon' wait for me Yeah, that shorty couldn't even hold that weight for me I'm just hoping that you wait for me Yeah Motherfucker, this is real life, you just wait and see You just wait and see